Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast here in the month of September. We've survived August, which in 2020 is an accomplishment, and we are here to talk about various nerd news and sundry. We're going to be talking a lot about Gamescom this week. We're going to, be, of course, be talking about Chadwick Boseman. That was a very sad thing that happened over the weekend. We'll kind of be uh, talking about what he means to us and what, what he means to the, the industry and pop culture as a whole. And uh, we're going to be talking about this weird thing you probably heard about a jetpack in Las Vegas? Los, Los Angeles. Las Vegas would be another thing. But anyways, I'm Illegal 86. I have yet to introduce my fantastic co-stars. Not even co-hosts, co-stars. Nerd Bomber and Tactic. Say hello. Hello. Hello, hello, everybody. I inadvertently decided to change it up this week and reveal the topics before I even introduced you guys. Uh, sorry to make you sit there in silence for so long. But uh, September, fall colder weather is may- maybe coming i don't really know it usually takes until october for things to actually get brisk but it's like the end of pool weather that that's what i always think of when september rolls around like there are still a lot of nice warm days but the nights get cooler so that the pool doesn't heat up like it used to so we're getting mm-hmm. to like the end of pool weather it's not the official end of summer but it kind of feels like it just remember soon someone will have to wake up green day right that's true and if you have kids or if you are kids, back to school is also happening. In my neck of the woods, it has already happened. I believe in our bomber tactic in your neck of the woods, it has yet to happen, but it's happening very soon. And of course, this year it's different than usual. But uh, hang in there. We'll all get through it. If only by continuing to chat with each other every week and have people listen to us and hopefully get something positive out of it. Unfortunately, I now have to pivot into, of course, the biggest news of the week. The saddest news of the week, of course... I believe it was Saturday that we heard about Chadwick Boseman. It was it was late at night. I remember that. And I have to say this. So first of all, I don't believe that I'm going to be the bearer of this bad news to anyone who, who's who's listening now. You probably have heard by now. But uh, Chadwick Boseman unfortunately passed away way too young uh, due to complications with colon cancer, um, which he's actually had since 2016. So there, there's kind of a lot to unpack here. Uh, but for for my part, what I will start by saying is this is one of the, I mean, 2020 has been a tough year, of course. I don't need to say how or why, but this was one of those high profile deaths. I mean, this one shook me more than it. There shouldn't be a game of comparison, but it shook me a lot to hear about him, both because of how young he was, you know, how, how quickly upward his era was moving and just, he was a role model to a lot of people and he's just gone way way too soon i don't know it's it's definitely cruel it's just there's there's not i feel like i don't really know what to say almost because it was something that was very unexpected he and his family kept it very close to the chest and i I think there were a lot of heartfelt letters and things that co-workers and co-stars and people who knew him and were close to him have written and put out in the world and I I believe Ryan Coogler who obviously worked on Black Panther with him so that he even didn't really know the details of what Chadwick was going through the entire time that they worked together and I I have to say like that it's very sad to know that he struggled for almost the entire time that we really knew him as a star if you look back and you think of all of the the major Marvel movies. I think he shortly thereafter was diagnosed right after Captain America. And so almost the majority of all of the Marvel movies that we saw him getting 
prepared for like the struggle that he had to go through when he produced those movies it's just on one hand it's incredible that he was able to produce that kind of art at such a high level with everything he was going through but in a way like it's kind of sad because you had no idea with the struggles that he was going through the entire time and it's just a very sad loss as as you mentioned I think he and the roles that he played really meant a lot to so many people and brought a sense of inclusion and diversity to an industry where it's desperately needed and it's just gone way too soon. It really, well, it really he, does speak to the strength of his character too, that he want, he continued to put out his content and everything while going through this and not even skipping a stride, just strong, strong person. And he was just the best role model that kids can have. And it's, it's really, really sad that, that he's, he's gone now. Well, and, and stepping outside of, of Marvel for a second, because of course that's what everyone's talking about, but like, you know, he was, he played Jackie Robinson in 42. He was in get on up. He played James Brown. He, he played Thurgood Marshall. I mean, he, I think he took the idea that his work could make a legitimate change I think he took that idea very seriously. And, and there, there are people, you know, of course, you mentioned Ryan Coogler coming out and saying a bunch of things, not not just I didn't know, but, you know, how incredible this person was. But also, you know, you see, former President Barack Obama said, I met, you know, I met Chadwick and he was, you know, he, he was this very empowering person who, again, clearly took his role as a role model very seriously. And, and that's, that's important. And, and, you know, I believe actually Jackie Robinson Day in in MLB was actually the day of or the day after or the day mm-hmm. before somewhere right surrounding the news about Chadwick Boseman. So that just kind of gave everything a lot more color in terms of he meant so much, not, not just as Black Panther, which is, you know, that's a significant thing. But, you know, I think he took he took himself as an agent of change. And I think he probably sought ways within his career to make a difference for people that looked like him. So, again it's 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 very sad and you, and you do wonder and it's of course it's sad to know that he was struggling with all of this for most of the for pretty much all of the time he was working as black panther but it's also if you think about it put it in a different light it's incredibly empowering it, it's it's inspirational i would say that he was able to look something that daunting something that horrifying in the face and do what he did and again in, inspire so many people it's it, it it goes back to that you hear it how many times and in how many different ways but you don't know what people are are going through even people that you do know you know people you see every day you might not know what they're going through and it seems like pretty much no one i mean it sounds like there was maybe one or two people at disney who knew about this and i can't imagine keeping that secret but yeah There were, uh, I think, pictures that he had posted on Instagram in the last few months where he looked pretty thin and people were calling him out in the comments, which was just ridiculous. I mean, you should never do that regardless of what someone is going through. But one of the things that really strikes me is that now looking back, I I don't want to say I hope those people feel bad, but like it, it, it goes to show you don't know what people are going through and take a step back before you make mean comments and stuff like that because I believe he had to like disable comments and stuff on his Instagram account and honestly he was probably just trying to share portions of his life and take records because 
obviously things were probably progressing at that stage and having people being out there in the world mean you, you just don't know what people are going through so share kindness don't don't be so right. quick to judge and be mean to people it, it's it's definitely hard to want to frame it as a teaching moment or as kind of a, a lesson to be learned but there is probably a lesson there for for a lot of people and and i think it's one that he would be happy to teach maybe not in that way but you know um i'm sure he would feel that way of, of you don't know what people are going through you know if you have comments like that keep them to yourself and yeah i mean we're we're, we're of course thinking of him we're thinking of his family um we're thinking of everyone who was was close to him and and everyone who's hurting and yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say we, we can move on now you know um but yeah, we're thinking we're thinking of Chadwick Boseman. So now let's 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 get into some lighter lighter stuff because that was not fun. Uh, Gamescom. Now I did not know. Maybe this is a COVID thing, quarantine thing. I did not know what Gamescom was until this year. Has it been going on for years? And I've just missed it every year. I mean, apparently we've it's a very big deal. We've covered it on the show. Usually. What, what happens is that it's an in-person type of conference type thing and industry folks get to go to these shows and they get a bunch of footage and usually there's some like new trailers released, but a lot of it's like demos and stuff of things we've already seen announced. But because this year, obviously with COVID, people can't travel and they, they can't host a big event like that, they instead made this event digital. So we have covered it in the past few years, but it, it's been more... I guess more just like focused on the the newness that came out rather than a event that we were really privy to as public consumers. Right. I, I, it's, it's perspective, right? Because, you know, first of all, it's around the same time as E3. It probably pales in comparison to E3 typically in terms of our exposure to it as for the most, I mean, we are podcasters, but for the most part, we're just ordinary people who see the same things that you see. But yeah, this year they've, they've ramped it up and it's, I don't I don't want to go so far to say it's an E3 level of content, but it's a lot more content than I was expecting. So we can we can dive right into this. I mean, there are some very high profile things that we don't really need to get into. They kind of speak for themselves. Uh, New Dragon Age was announced. Uh, we ha- we got a, a huge trailer for cinematic trailer for Call of Duty. I'm going to try and get this title right. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Is that the full title of it? Yeah. It's a direct it sequel such, to Black Ops. It's such a convoluted title. Like, of all of the titles, I, I understand it was a sequel to, to Black Ops, but like, come on, shorten that up. That's such a mouthful. We the and, people and I, will shorten you know, it. We'll find something to abbreviate. <laughs> I I don't want to, I don't want to belabor the point. I mean, Call of Duty at this point is what it's going to be. There's not a whole lot like... I watched the cinematic trailer because it's Call of Duty and because it's a big name. And I had to be honest, I laughed through the whole thing. I don't know what your guys' experience was. I mean, Ronald Reagan looked lifelike, but like, it's a lot of guys speaking in gruff voices about a, a Russian spy for like two and a half minutes with like... Oh, you've played it? It was it was very cheesy to me. I don't know how, how, how you felt about it. I will say <laughs> at this point, so actually the Call of Duty campaigns are really really good and that that was a big reason why people were upset when they removed the campaign from oh what was it world war ii i think didn't have a campaign and people are very upset maybe it was black ops 4 i don't know one of the games recently did not have a campaign that much i do know they are actually very good experiences but i will agree in all of the cinematic trailers they always seem like they take themselves a little too seriously and when you're playing the game it feels fine but in trailer form there's just something weird about it and i don't know what it is but 
in game form, it works. Yeah, I, it, it'll probably be a great game. I, I actually think Black Ops was the last one, might have been the last one that I played the story for, and the story for Black Ops was awesome. So if it's if it's a continuation of that in any form, I think it'll please people. But just like, it's very, you're watching it and you're like, all right, <laughs> come on. Like, we know what it's going to be. You're really hamming it up. There's a lot of gruff voices. And then the president comes in and he's like, you guys are are off the books you you do illegal st- the one guy's like we do illegal stuff all the time it's like all right we get it you're badasses and the guy's got like scars on his face it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's all very over the top but that'll be good other big name announcements we're, we're going to get into some smaller stuff that that piqued our interest specifically but to kind of run through it, a lot of the other bigger names announcements uh lego star wars the skywalker saga looks like it's going to have a lot of content the lego games are tough for me that's not, that i tried the, like uh, lego the games? marvel ones they're not for me I don't know what it is. I think it's just it's it might be a little too it's it's typically taking Star Wars or Marvel or Indiana Jones something that I a piece of art that I respect way too much for them to kind of cartoonify it I guess and which is it's weird because like I played with Legos with Star Wars Legos but like I think when it's in video game form I'm like all right I know I could be playing like Jedi Fallen Order if I wanted to so just give me that I disagree with you there they always take the seriousness of the films and put a fun twist on it because it's their own it's lego right you have to have fun with it and i think that there's almost an art i don't want to so i'm always excited i don't i don't want to have fun i want to be very serious one of the things that i really like about those games in general is that they're one of the the few like mainstream puzzle games like obviously we get a ton of like indie puzzle games all the time and they're super fun and a lot of them are really good quality but when you think about like triple a budget i don't even know if you can classify these as triple a but they're definitely like big name oh, games they're triple a like i would say puzzle wise they're some of the only games out there you know what i mean sure i, I well, yeah, they throw I, some I, like I, entertainment ip skin on a really fun puzzle game and you get to pretend that you're a character in a movie that you love and relive the story as you figure out puzzles i think it's cool I just, I don't know. The only, the only one I've tried, at least recently, was one of the Marvel ones. And I just found myself thinking the whole time, like, ah, this could be so much more fun. That Maybe I wasn't in the right mood for it. Maybe I'm too old for it. So maybe I will I'm say, crotchety, as someone who's old man. played several of them, the Marvel Avengers ones were probably my least favorite of all of them. Because the Avengers ones, I don't know if it was because they had to follow the storyline and they couldn't stray at all. But it just felt like I was playing through the movie, whereas a lot of the other properties, like when you get into DC and like the Jurassic Park games, they're slightly different enough where it doesn't just feel like you're taking time to play through a movie. See, if I were to pick one, and I've, I've heard good things from, I think my sister-in-law is a big fan of, of the Indiana Jones ones. And if I were to pick one specific one, I'd pick that one to try, just because it seems like, first of all, there's a lot less ip that exists there for them to have to adhere to and there's a lot of cool puzzliness to be exposed there i think but yeah lego star wars lego star wars skywalker saga i believe is what the full title is that was announced uh, i got a pretty cool trailer for that uh staying in the vein of star wars star wars squadrons which we talked about however many months ago we got a, sto- a story trailer for that which honestly i was not wowed by i don't know what your guys it was very much what we already knew yeah in my opinion it didn't really do much more for me. It looked okay. Like it, it's, ex- it basically presented the game to be exactly what it's supposed to be. 
a flying right. set. I will still buy it. Yeah. I mean, I, I will absolutely still buy it, but it was just like, it was, it more served as a reminder of like, remember this? It's still happening. And here it is. Yep. It was, but it was not anything new, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I'm being t- too hard on them, but, uh, we also had uh announcement, I believe I'm not a, I'm not a Warcraft guy, but for the Warcraft folks out there, there's a Warcraft expansion. Are they doing expansions? Is that how they're, model works there's a new warcraft so. let me put it that way. i will say so i watched gamescom opening night live and oh my goodness that was like the longest segment of the entire show i was just like okay this can end now we get the point i understand it's a big deal for a lot of people probably a lot of people listening right now are probably like yeah shut up well hey <laughs> but i appreciate that but i it felt like i was watching a 15 minute long movie about things that i didn't know <laughs> And I just, right. I didn't need 15 minutes of it, but hey, it, it looked impressive. I'm not into World of Warcraft, but if you're a player, it looked impressive. Other major stuff, Mafia Definitive Edition, which I've never played the Mafia games, but I know they're they're beloved by quite a few people. Um, I will say I've had, I think I had Mafia 3, if that's a thing, but I always, I feel weird jumping into franchises when they're established. So I might actually get this because it, it always looked cool and it seems very unique sort of game we don't really see a lot of mafia type games anymore i feel like that was more of a thing back in like the ps2 era and not so much these days so it'd be cool to go back and play that it's a great concept i I totally agree i've never played a game like that myself i don't know if if it would be for me i think there's a very good chance i'll pick it up and find out it's not for me but it certainly looks great one i want to i want to dive into though i know nerd bomber you feel the same way Ratchet and Clank Rifts Apart. So we got an extended gameplay trailer for this, but it was also officially announced as a launch title for the PlayStation 5. I believe by launch title, they actually mean like spring 2021, but I guess that still counts. Yeah, they call Uh, this a launch window. So it's kind of vague. I don't really understand that. Like it's either launch or it's not, but hey, whatever. I'll take it. Yeah. Regardless of what the exact date that is that it comes out. I mean, this was... This is tough because... I don't want to come off like a PlayStation fanboy all the time on this show. This is what your launch content should look like. Microsoft, I'm talking to you now specifically. This is what you should be showing people. This was a near flawless demo for me and a huge, huge boon to Sony in terms of convincing people to buy their console. Just in terms of showing what it can do. Again, we've talked about how how Insomniac has clearly taken the ssd capabilities of the playstation and run with it from a game development standpoint and said okay we're going to have these dimensional rifts that take direct advantage of you know the ssd capability we're going to have it what looks like extremely destructible environments there's a lot going on on screen at any given time take my money constantly changing layouts it's i agree with you 100 percent. super leveraging the technology of the next gen system yeah take my money that's that's my summary nerd bomber tactic i don't know what you have to add but I was blown away. I mean, if you would have gone back in time and told, I don't even know how old I was when Ratchet and Clank came out, but told little me who was enjoying Ratchet and Clank back in the PS2 days. Are you going to do your baby voice again? No, I'm not going to do my baby voice. Was that what I was talking about when I did that last? I honestly don't know, but I was was hoping you were going to do it again. I can't know if I was hoping or I was afraid you were going to do it again, but there was some kind of apprehension. I like tamped that down in my brain and hopefully it will never reemerge back when you were just a little nerd powder yeah so (laughs) (laughs) okay 
it took me a while. The reason why there was that delayed chuckle is like, because I was like, oh, I'm going to laugh because I know it should be funny, but I have no idea what you're saying. Then it clicked in my head. So, okay. Um, but like, if you would have told me back then that I was still this excited for a Ratchet and Clank game, thinking about buying a console specifically to play this game, I would have called you crazy. But here we are. And I am. And you were right. The demo looked flawless. It looks like all of the Ratchet and Clank gameplay that we've come to know and love, just leveraging the incredible power of the solid state drive and morphing through different worlds. I don't know why I was super excited when they landed on the pirate ship, because I was just like, oh, I wish there was more than like the 30 seconds to a minute of pirate related combat here. I feel like that could be a lot of fun. Just going from dimension to dimension and it really opens up a world of possibilities for Ratchet and Clank. So I'm super pumped about it. And now that it's in the launch window, man, I think I, I was on the fence before, but I think I, I'm going to buy a PlayStation 5 when it comes out. And you know what? Looking at you, Insomniac, way to carry the team between that and Spider-Man. Honestly, Sony must be thrilled with them. I mean, they're they're basically forcing people to buy Sony's backer at this point. Yeah, truly. I mean, I know for, for my... For my part, I'm still admittedly a little bit on the fence, but Hayes is a big fan of Ratchet and Clank based on her experience with it. And I showed her this and she said, we have to buy the, we have to buy the PS5 <laughs> now. And she's not even really a gamer. She's something of a gamer, but like not to the extent that I am or that I think the two of you are. And she's sold. I mean, it's just, I, I, I use the phrase putting your best foot forward a lot when it comes to these, these kind of launch trailer things. This is what it looks like. Again, other, other devs, other console manufacturers should be taking notes to me this was the highlight of the entire conference i I mean we're all in agreement there's not much to discuss here because i think we're all in agreement so i I, I can move on we can move on to i I think some of the less splashy stuff there were a couple that i wanted to mention make specific mention of so 12 minutes uh which is from annapurna interactive this is actually uh, listed on youtube as a cast reveal trailer and boy did they reveal a cast this is a game that is going to feature the voice talents of Willem Dafoe, James McAvoy, and Daisy Ridley. It looks extremely interesting. Basically, it's about someone who's stuck in presumably a time loop that's 12 minutes long with a top-down view of what looks like an apartment trying to, I guess, worm your way out of some specific scenario. My guess is this is going to be something akin to, I mean, what has Annapurna done? I'm actually Googling that. I want to say they were behind What Remains of Edith Finch and other such games. Yeah, gone Journey, home, Gone Home, behind. Florence... Outer Wilds. A lot of really story-driven, amazing games, honestly. In terms of indie publishers, I guess, if you want to call them an indie publisher, they usually put out some really interesting and story-driven titles. I know they're also behind Stray, that cat game that we saw at, at, what was that, Mm -hmm. E3? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited for this. And and it's, it's a weird thing to be excited for because it's... It's going to be a small game. I mean, I played through What Remains of Edith Finch in like two hours, but it was a cheap game and it was such a cool experience that it left me so positively enthused with with this developer particularly. And now that they're clearly getting star power behind it, I think it's going to be really, really good. I'm really excited for this one. Before I mention, uh, we can kind of zip around the room a little bit. I have another one I want to mention, but uh, Technic, you got anything for us? I have three games that I am particularly excited for. The first one, oh. and I've already reached out to you about it, is Surgeon Simulator 2. This <laughs> is another Surgeon Simulator this 1. This is another PlayStation VR thing. So, again, another reason to be excited for Sony. And it's going from the Surgeon Simulator that we love to co-op. 
I don't know how much fun I can have ripping people apart limbs from limbs to put them back together because I'm not a weirdo alone, but I can tell you I'm going to have way more fun doing it with friends. So Isn't it going to be hard? Isn't it hard enough? I mean, so I've never played this game and I, I you cut out. Have you played this? I played a, a little demo of it and it is just fantastic. More than that, I've watched a lot of videos of people playing it online and streaming it and i just i have to jump it in head first doing the co-op i got to is it not already co-op or no yeah no it says all new co-op gameplay with surgeon simulator 2 i mean i mean it makes sense right in a real surgery you usually have teams of surgeons doing stuff i'm not capable of this i don't i don't like blood and i don't know to what extent i would struggle in a game that presumably revolves around blood and bloody stuff do you what have you? issues with like cartoon blood or is it just real life blood? I don't know anything about this game. I don't know how realistic it is. <laughs> it, it's super cartoony. Yeah. Tectic did reach out to me and said, buy this, which is something that Nerd Bomber does often. Tectic, not so much. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely intrigued so by the, the possibility. Other, the other two games that I was super stoked about were Hack, which is kind of like a parkour ninja hack and slice game with a with a side scroller point of view and it very much reminds me of those kung fu stick fighter videos that i watched as a kid so right off the bat i was absolutely into that i have nothing against side scroll scrollers every now and then i crave one and this looks like it would satisfy that he said i'd me during that he definitely did and the final <laughs> one which i have already played the demo with nerd bomber is ghost runner the demo was absolutely fantastic. Controls are really, really hard, but I'm sure that's something I can get used to. And if the demo was as exciting and action-packed and awesome as I experienced, I could only imagine how great a full game was. So keep the content coming until that releases, because I am all for that game. Well, I know they actually just announced that there was a beta, so I did try to sign us up for the beta, although I will say... <laughs> So the game will be coming out for console systems, and we played the demo on our PC with mouse and keyboard, and it was an epic fail because my pinky just doesn't move in that way. I'm so used to keyboard, or not keyboards, I'm so used to um, joysticks and controllers at this point that mouse and keyboard, when I have to like reach for the control key off of WASD, I just... I'm not good at. So you can watch our epic fails. We have those on YouTube, but Ghost Runner is a fun time. I'm actually really excited for that one too. I can't wait for the full game to come out because I want to buy it. I want to play it with a controller, not worry about where my pinky's drifting off to and kick some cyberpunk I badass ass. I worry about where your pinky is drifting off to. <laughs> you just said kick some badass ass. I did. said ass did. twice in a row. This is a family show. You don't want to kick that good yeah. ass ass. Try and try and clean it up with the with the language. Anything else you you wanted to mention, Nerd Bomber? Any other games? So Unknown Nine Awakening, I thought looked really interesting. I think it was an announcement trailer that we saw at Gamescom. But you basically, I can't really, I couldn't really tell a hundred percent what was going on. But it looked like the little girl had some kind of power, and it just the trailer was really intriguing. I really can't wait to find out more. It was giving off kind of like a Plague Tale Innocence vibes to me, and I really loved that game. I thought it was phenomenal so I'm, I'm really hoping that that's kind of in the same vein except with maybe more superpowers or something like that she, she's she's like a she goes into like the ghost world or something it, it is a little confusing to even put your finger on what the power she has is she like stops time but there's ghosts or like ghostly figures i was into it for sure but 
I wasn't fully. I, I need more. Yeah, I need more, but it looks like a really interesting, promising new action adventure game, and I'm all here for that. I love me a good either first person or third person action adventure game. Give me them because that's that's what I need now. That's like the kind of gamer I feel like I'm devolving into. I used to be like a first person shooter type gamer before that I was a platformer. Now I just want like that third party fun action adventure experience. Unknown Nine Awakening. Is this a franchise? Unknown Nine Awakening implies that there are other Unknown Nines. Is that true or false? Am I understanding this right? Oh, there's going to be a novel. Oh, this is very interesting. So it's going to be coupled with a scripted podcast, a novel trilogy, and a comic book series. Unknown Nine Out of Sight, Unknown Nine Genesis, and Unknown Nine Torment. I'm into that. A multimedia experience. I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but the whole project, I guess, was announced from a company that's founded by the guy behind Assassin's Creed, Alexander Amancio. Oh man, I'm butchering names. And one of the creators of Cirque du Soleil. So, interesting. There's going to be some trapeze stuff going on here. I'm into it, for sure. Another one that I was intrigued by kind of gave me... So, did you ever play this game Fear? This was way back. This was like Xbox 360 days. Oh, yeah. It was scary, Um, but I played it. I loved Fear. I think Fear was very underrated. And Quantum Error gave me some Fear vibes. It looks like a good old-fashioned first-person shooter with spooky slash science fiction slash supernatural elements. I mean, look, I'm a Dead Space guy. I just mentioned that I'm a fear guy, so this was scratching all the proper itches for me. I did not need much to be convinced, and I am convinced. (laughs) So I'll be on the lookout for that one as well. The other title that I did want to bring up really quickly is Lemnisgate, and this one is a shooter game, a competitive shooter, but it kind of has an interesting twist, and that is that you're stuck in a time loop. And again, time loop seems to be the theme of games for this year, next year, but essentially you have like 20, I think it's a 25 to 28 seconds or something like that to make your move in a map. And then your opponent makes a move and they have 25 seconds and then you start over and you basically have to see what your opponent's trying to do. And in this time loop, try to anticipate their movement and then attack them that way. So I thought that was really interesting. The graphics look great. I think it's a a new game format and I'm always here for shaking up the game format. I think I feel like I've talked about this before, but I feel like we're kind of stuck now. Every For first-person shooters, we get into like a cycle and we get stuck in certain sp- spots of the cycle. We had arena shooters for a while. Then it moved to like your Call of Duty-esque realistic commando shooter. And now we're stuck in Battle Royale. And I think we need a push to move on. And maybe this will be that push to give us something a little bit different. Shooting chess is the answer. I mean, it seems like a really cool concept. I like it. You have to think a little bit more. And it's not just that twitch reflex. I feel like that would be good for someone like me who, now that I'm getting older, I feel like I don't have the reflex and the response time. More of a mixer reflex. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah, I I do definitely think that turn-based shooter, that premise alone, without even how good it looks and, and the science fiction elements of it, I'm I'm into it for sure. This is this is one of those where again I think I need to see a little bit more. I need to see an extended how the gameplay actually works because they describe it in the sense of you get 25 seconds, the next person gets 25 seconds. But then I'm wondering, okay, how do you actually start shooting each other? How do you run into things like because if if one person's moving at a time, I guess you know what I mean. I'm confused. My brain can't handle it, which I probably means that you're headed in the right direction. I wonder if it'll be team based. 
so that there will be always like moving parts from each team. Okay. Yeah. I, I could believe that. I'm not, who knows? It's unclear, but, um, we'll see, I guess. Uh, we're going to see about a lot of these. That was the broad strokes of Gamecom, Gamescom. We, we, we didn't cover a few things. Scarlet Nexus, Spellbreak, Wasteland 3, Struggling, to name a few. Override 2, Super Mac League, Godfall, Teardown. There's a whole bunch that we just simply don't have time to get into, but that's what the social meets are for. We are all on the social meets. At Online Warriors 1 is the main show account. At OWU86, at OW Nerdbomber, at OW Tactic are our respective handles. You can go hit us up there to talk about any of the games in Gamescom, anything we didn't mention, anything we did mention. And uh, yeah, start a conversation. Let's have a discussion. Let's learn some things. So yeah, with that, we will transition now into our break. But before we do, I would be remiss if I did not... (laughs) Shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. Uh, You've heard Ben's name before if you listen to the show at all. Ben's been supporting us now for a while. We're super grateful to him and anyone who supported the show. Ben is our Patreon producer. He supports us at the night level, which is the highest of our three levels on Patreon. And as a result, he gets this shout out in every episode. He gets input into our weekly game segment. And he also gets access, of course, to the monthly secret segment and vlog and the occasional guest spot, which he just did a couple weeks ago, one week ago. Time flies when you're having fun. So if you want to be like Ben, you can head over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details on the night level. There are also two lower levels, the squire level, which gets you monthly secret segment and vlog access and the page level, which gets you monthly secret segment access. So again, we would be super grateful if you at least thought about giving back. Uh, We enjoyed doing this. We love having the means to continue doing it. So patreon.com slash online warriors podcast is where the details are. Thanks again to Ben. And we will be right back to talk about a jetpack in Los Angeles. Welcome to the crazy train of thought brought to you by the idiot savants. Now in stunning Technicolor, soon to VHS. Come forth, Jimmy. Do you like trains? Uh-huh. Do you like games? Oh, yeah. Do you like discussion? Oh, boy, do I. Well, do I have a podcast for you. Join conductor Ryan Wolf. Um, hi. As he hosts a cadre of clever comrades as they delve into the new frontier of video games, jaw-dropping news, and captivating commentary. Go off the rails with the idiot savants and tune into the crazy train of thought. Uh, but sir, what does this have to do with trains? I actually don't uh, understand. So get your tickets and climb aboard. Hang on in just a second. Hang on. We haven't even mentioned trains. I mean, catch a ride. You usually start with Thomas the Train engine, and then forward up to the Industrial Revolution. Is this kid with anyone? I mean, we're leaving out the Transcontinental Where's Railroad. Where's your mother? Vanderbilt, Trans-Siberian Express, the Polar Express. Where is this child's parent? All right, welcome back. We are here now to talk about a man flying a jetpack. It's a tale as old as time, really. Long story short, um, I'm quoting from a local news article from Los Angeles here. Uh, the FBI is investigating multiple commercial airline pilots reports of quote-unquote a guy in a jetpack flying 3,000 feet in the air near uh, Los Angeles International Airport LAX. So a lot of theories to be had here. Uh, There are people who immediately think okay this is you know a weather balloon or some such. The pilots multiple pilots reported this. One pilot estimated it was about 300 yards away from him at one point. I don't understand I mean this is one of those things. You ever watch a movie like like with Iron Man? There's an Iron Man, the part in Iron Man where like they they write off something as a as a training exercise. This is the kind of thing that the military would write off as a training exercise, right? There was a training exercise that we did 
we were, and we were testing something and it's done. Oh yeah. Like, I, I'm a hundred percent in agreement with that. But here's the thing, guys, even if it isn't something military based, I'll, I'll bet you in like a week or two, there's going to be a video from a GoPro uploaded of me and my jetpack. This has been another week of tinkering with tech tech. So there are some people who you, you joke all you want, but there are some people who think it's going to be a social media or internet stunt of some kind. Are, are you confessing to something here? Did you fly to Los Angeles? You'll have to be a Patreon subscriber to find out. There you have it, folks. I can confirm because so the the one thing that I did read over and over on all of the different news reports on this thing, because I, I dug into it a little bit because I, I was really shocked and I couldn't believe it at first. I was like, this is definitely something like off the onion. I don't know. So I kept reading more articles and they said that this guy, whoever it is in his jetpack would get in severe trouble and probably get arrested because you can't do that. Like, it just violates FAA. FAA. Because if you have a, a drone that's larger than a certain size, you have to, like, register it, right? That's, yep. like, a thing. You have to register so, it and tell them when and where you're going to be flying it. Right. And this would be bigger than a drone. I, I just, like, there's a lot to, to dive into here. I mean, why? Why? It has to be, at the very least, it has to be so dangerous, right? Like, well, I mean, whenever you see people with jetpacks, you always see them over water or something like, where like it's a also soccer like, landing. Or, or at an airport. Sometimes they're at like small airports and they're doing low altitude tests. Yeah, but they're not going. This guy was 3,000 feet in the air. 3,000 feet. I mean, that is like, as you like, I, I don't know how high 3,000 feet is, but like, you're certainly flying at plane level. <laughs> that That alone is like pretty shocking, I feel like. I mean... There's a chance, I suppose, that this guy he has was thirty cracked. football fields up. Uh, sorry, ten football fields up. If you want a visual comparison, that's that's a lot. And, and there's there's a chance this guy has cracked jetpack technology. I I'm dubious of that. Not that individual inventors can't do things, but there aren't there like companies working really hard on this, and then like they probably see this and they're like, "Are you kidding me? Some guy figured it out." And like, well, I thought that I think the challenge with jetpack technology is the the fuel. So he, if he just went, or, or she, just went straight up and straight down, it's certainly possible technology that's already been developed. So I've been thinking about this, and I was wondering if this was someone who like went skydiving, and I don't know how high up they drop you when you go skydiving. I have to imagine it's pretty high up, so you don't go splat before you can pull the, the ripcord. But I wonder if this was someone who, they had a jetpack, and they were like, hey, man... I think this would be a great idea if we go skydiving. I don't know what this voice is. I'm just rolling with it. Great voice. It's your, it's your skydiver voice. <laughs> but like, what if we put a jetpack on and tried to activate it before we pull the ripcord for the parachute? You know what I mean? So use the jumping from the plane as your method of altitude and then the control is the jetpack and that's all it is as you're descending. Yeah. Not that I want to give people ideas of how this was actually done, but that was the only thing in my mind that made theoretical sense because as you mentioned tactic there's a lot of fuel considerations that i just don't see how this layman who honestly isn't associated with like the government or something i don't see how you could pull this off can you imagine though like so, so first of all this gets a, this is granted a, a much higher air of like seriousness by the fact that the fbi is apparently looking into it can you imagine like going into work as an fbi agent and then like someone knocks on your door and is like hey bill we got a new case for you <laughs> some guys said they saw a guy in a jetpack flying above los angeles we want you out there boot on the ground 
<laughs> tomorrow like you'd be like really this is my job like this is the start of the justice league <laughs> like it's just it's just like fbi agents are typically looking into very serious things criminal things etc cetera, etc cetera. and some lucky buck just got put on the jetpack case well, what i, I want to know my burning question whenever you think about or like when you watch something sci-fi related like the twilight zone or something and there's always like a dude out on the wing of the plane and they just give like the pilot or whoever's looking out the window a thumbs up i want to know if the guy in the jetpack thumbs up the pilot because if they didn't missed opportunity man you gotta always give the thumbs up or do you think he was like oh boy i probably shouldn't get too close to that plane like yeah probably get pulled right into the engine if you're 300 yards away from it that's like within first of all it's close enough for them to see you and second of all it's like I shouldn't get any closer to that plane. So if I saw a plane, I wouldn't necessarily be like, I'm going to give him a thumbs up. I'd be like, I got to get out of this plane the, way. I mean, the downwash from the the wings would just flip him into a chaotic turbulence. So right. he probably did not want to get anywhere closer. And then that's if he survives not getting pulled into the engine. But what if, I mean, what if this is like, what if like five years from now, right? We're sitting down and like, Hey, remember when the jetpack was invented by that guy in Los Angeles? We thought he was a kook and he invented the jetpack. I don't think he was Wouldn't a kook. I'm with him. I'm pro jetpack guy. It, but also, well, why would you go by the airport? Like if you are jetpack guy and you're this independent or entity girl. or girl, why wouldn't you to go wait, out to, into like a field in the middle of like the plains of America where you're not going to get hit by an airplane? To wave to pilots. <laughs> and also, I don't know. Have you ever seen the traffic in Los Angeles? driving out to the fields would take all day this guy was like i'm gonna go to the roof of my apartment building and i'm gonna i'm gonna kick the tires and light the fires and see where it takes me and it took him somewhere i don't know i just like when i think about stuff like this too i'm always like if they invented the jetpack and i could tomorrow go to the store buy a jetpack would i do it and the answer is no (laughs) i'm wondering what percent of the population would go out and buy a jetpack as a legitimate transportation and or entertainment means. Would would either of you buy a jetpack? I think there is a don't, company don't, that sells jetpacks currently. I don't definitely think about wouldn't. how much money it would cost. Just like spur of the moment, would you do it? Right now, no. I'd sooner try to create my own, but that's just me. I just like, there's so many different ways for you to die. You know, whenever I do something and, and during the day, I'm like, could I die doing this? If the answer is yes, I usually don't do it. Every single thing? I mean, you could die doing anything, right? It's like, if there's like more than five ways to die doing something, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do that. And that's how I'm still alive today. Kids, if you're listening out there, first of all, don't buy a jetpack. Don't jump out of a plane wearing a jetpack. Don't wave to pilots. And um, don't do anything that you could die more than five different ways. And you'll still be around when you're however old I am. So yeah, uh, we want to know what your theories are. Again, hitting up the social meds. What's the deal with this jetpack guy or girl? Do we have a new Iron Man in our midst? Do we have a mad scientist who might not be so mad? Do we have a government conspiracy? Shout out to the FBI. Good luck with this one. Hopefully we hear about this again soon and hopefully it's something cool. But for now, it's time to talk about what we've been up to. And I, if I remember correctly, we did not do this last week. Do we not have time yeah, last week? It's been a while. Maybe I'm wrong. We've been running out of time yeah. in episodes lately. Too much news. Too much news. Uh, I think today we have some time. I finished Dark. This show I've been talking about for a while about time travel in Germany. Guys, it's three ep- it's three seasons and each season is 10 episodes or less and they're hour long episodes. It's low impact. 
it's low impact time wise it's high impact mentally but i would strongly recommend it it ended well it managed to wrap complexities into a satisfying little bow that tied most things off and i would recommend it the other thing i want to mention burnout paradise remastered for the switch is my current haunt i have temporarily or perhaps permanently moved on from borderlands mostly due to frustration that i'm playing it by myself and boy if burnout paradise is not the perfect antidote to that i am in love with this game both because it's not that hard and because it's so much fun running around smashing billboards smashing cars i'm trying to remember is there like a a story mode or is it just kind of like free play you rock around and do races it's open world there's not really a story it's just you you upgrade your license by winning events and there's race events there's what are called road rage events which is just you you basically uh get other people to crash their cars there's marked man events which you have to get from one destination to another without crashing and there are people who are trying to make you crash stuff like that it's very arcadey if you played burnout you know what i'm talking about it's it's very boost based driving it's very arcadey but it's very fun it's just it's significantly more carefree than borderlands is where you're like if you get a new weapon you're like oh what are the numbers on this how is it better than my old stuff what what do i do do i keep it there's a lot of inventory management and also the combat can be quite challenging when you're playing by yourself so i'm taking a break from that uh and driving around and smashing into stuff and boy is it great 10 out of 10 would recommend uh also graphically holds up really well on the switch so if that's your a concern of yours be concerned no longer uh last last but not least i do want to mention i'm starting a reread of the lord of the rings and this means i'm not going to be giving a whole lot of reading updates for a while because it's going to take me a long time to finish the trilogy (laughs) but that's a pretty hefty undertaking yeah uh, i figure it's quarantine i i'll have the time and the wherewithal to read a book instead of going out somewhere so it's underway i'm actually looking forward to it i've done this a few times and it's great every time so shout out to my man jrr uh i'm headed to your world that's it for me uh tactic so the biggest piece of news that i have been up to is nerd bomber and i watched project power on netflix and i have to say it was okay i mean so netflix netflix used to have a certain well it's a netflix movie okay is acceptable but they've been upping the ante and so i expected something absolutely phenomenal and eh, it was the movie itself aggressively average i I agree exactly it was a it was a great concept it you know had a great cast but the just in the end the plot just fizzled out there seemed to be loopholes there was this and i'm sorry if there's some spoilers here here but ultimately it was this big government agency And then the good guys won, the bad guys lost. And they're just like, okay, bye. Have a nice life. We're not going to try to shut you down and prevent you from spreading all the bad stuff we did into the world. Just have a good life. Don't worry about it. And that's not how movies work. That's not how life works. That's not how scary government agencies work. You you have to check a lot of your disbelief uh, at the door to watch that movie. it, It has a lot of fun moments. I have to give it credit. You can poke holes in the plot if you want to, but that's true of many movies. Netflix is, has really settled into this niche, and you mentioned of like almost every Netflix movie I watch, I'm like, all right, that was very, that was okay, that was like very average. I'm not upset, I'm not thrilled, and I feel like they're gonna have to turn that around eventually. They have all, they have a few movies coming out soon that I'm really excited for. I can't think of the names now, but Enola Holmes is one that I think yeah. could be really good. 
Um, the Charlie Kaufman movie that I can't think of the name of right now is also probably going to be really good, but they're very hard to pin down in terms of they, they make things that look like they're going to be great and they have great star power behind them and then it fizzles a little bit. Well, my biggest problem, I think, was with the script. I think the acting was actually pretty good for the script that they were given, but and I, I don't want to really get into spoiler territory here, but you have a really interesting concept and you basically dumb it down to a fair trying to figure out how to do this without spoilers okay i'm just gonna throw up the big spoiler flag here if you haven't watched project power shut your ear holes for like a few minutes i'm gonna jump into something basically you have this really awesome idea of trying to shut down the spread of this pill that gives everyone superpowers and you dumb the entire movie down to a father getting his daughter back basically a hostage situation and you know what i get it you get some like empathetic moments then that's how you make the connection between the girl and jamie fox's character i get it but i feel like you could have done so much more and my biggest issue with all of the plot is well there's two of them one you have, if you're a company of bad guys and you have a single girl who is the linchpin for your entire operation being successful moving forward, you put some guards outside her room, man. Secondly, right. why, as a police detective, was Joseph Gordon-Levitt wearing a jersey for the whole movie? Just why? Hey, that's a, that's a th- like bad boy. That's a thing. Bad boys. Bad boys did that. There are movies they, where police detectives can wear what they want to. Yeah, I I'm not guess. too hard on that. I didn't like the whole, and again, this is spoiler territory, but like everyone's got powers and then like Jamie Foxx is like, yeah, but my power is the best by far. <laughs> so don't even, don't even try basically. I don't know. It was, it was a very deus ex machina ending, I think for the movie to provide. I don't know. It, it, again, it wasn't terrible. Uh, the movie I was talking about before, by the way, I'm thinking of ending things. looks incredible. Uh, has 85% of Rotten Tomatoes comes out this Friday. I'm going to watch that one. I'll report back next week. But yeah, Netflix struggles with, with average movies. Uh, sorry, Tactic, we kind of hijacked your update, but that's okay. Nerd Bomber? So the other thing that Tactic and I have been watching and we actually finished is Doom Patrol. And that was on, I think it was called DC Universe. It was the DC-specific streaming service. And it got moved over to HBO Max. They picked it up. They made a second season. The second season just came out right before... I want to say like a month or two ago, right before like production shut down, they finished up filming. I think they actually had to truncate the final, the second season because they didn't have time to film it. Everything was shutting down with coronavirus. So it leaves the the last episode on a bit of a cliffhanger. But I will say that the show itself, I wasn't really sure if I would like it going in. And part of that's just because a lot of the DC shows, maybe I've just been a little put off by CW nonsense. But Arrow really disappointed me in the trajectory of that show. I still like The Flash, but there's so many like random offshoots with CW shows that when I saw a DC television show, I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm not interested. When we actually sat down to watch it, it is much different than I expected. If you think it's in the vein of a CW show, it is not. It is a hundred times darker than anything you could possibly even consider putting on the CW. It really does a good job of exploring this kind of like misfit band of heroes. They're reluctant heroes. They don't really want to be. They never really set out to be heroes. I think the only quote unquote hero in their midst is Cyborg. And he's a young Cyborg when the show is taking place. So like he hasn't been established in the Justice League and he's trying to find his way and work through a lot of his PTSD and issues of how he became Cyborg. 
And essentially what the show really turns into, like, yes, there's some weird fantastical elements. Obviously, you've got a, a guy who has negative energy in him. You have Elastigirl, basically. You have people with superpowers, and they obviously are put into random superpower requiring positions to save the world. But most of the show is just a really in-depth character study of a bunch of really messed up people. And I really liked it because it shows these fallible people grappling with their emotions and their actions and learning that their actions in the past had consequences and learning how to take everything that had happened to them and move forward and find a way to move forward and to live their lives kind of unshackled from their past. And Tectic, I don't know about you, but at the end of the day, like, yes, there was overarching villain storylines and a lot of like wacky episodes that were just fun, superhero-y type stuff. But at the end of the day, the thing I really appreciated the most about this show was the characterization. So in most superhero stories, I always resonate with the villain because every villain is the hero of his own story. And in this Doom Patrol show, I could care less about any of the villains because all of these heroes, quote unquote, have this humanoid person, not humanoid, but have this realistic personality. They're not this righteous hero and they're terribly, terribly flawed. And so I find myself relating to them as opposed to empathizing with the villain, which is what I usually try to do. I think humanity was probably the term you were looking for. (laughs) They have humanity. Is that fair to say? I mean, it's really interesting. The show grapples everything from failed marriage and parenthood and having issues with your parents to, I mean, domestic child abuse and grappling with split personality disorder. And even there's a lot of LGBTQ community support. And really, it's basically it addresses so many different potential aspects of life that people struggle with. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot different than I expected it to be. And it was a really pleasant surprise. And now, because it ended on a cliffhanger, I'm going to be real mad if they don't pick the show up. Because HBO Max did pick the show up. It won't be on DC Universe anymore. But I don't think they've officially confirmed that there will be a season three yet. But I need to know what happened. So, any of you HBO execs, give me season three. And it... By the way, just so in case any of you are turned off, it has a very all-star cast. It has Brendan Fraser in it, Alan Tudyk is in it, Matt Bomer in it, it has Timothy Dalton. Like, there's a lot of really big names in this show. So definitely, I would say give it a chance. It's not your typical superhero show. There's definitely some weirdness in it, but it's well worth a watch. It's got Sex Ghost. There you have it, folks. Sex Ghost. Sounds good. This brings us to our quiz. And Tactic, I believe you are today's quiz master. Is that correct? Yep. So the quiz is going to be Beyonce-based trivia. Five questions, Beyonce. Price is Right style. And the f- person who wins gets to host the quiz next week. So with that, my first question shall be, how long was Destiny's Child officially around, excluding you know, reunited for like a concert here and there, just like their official right. kind of width. Who's first? I'll let you guys decide. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I'm, I, I feel like I'm at an advantage because I'm, my girlfriend's real into Beyonce. I feel like I'm a de facto member of the beehive, so to speak. My gut says 
that Destiny's Child can't been a thing for very long because Beyonce probably realized that she was the, she was a big deal pretty quickly. I'm gonna say four years. I don't know why, but my gut says seven. Well, your gut made you win this one, but it was actually nine years from 1997 to 2006. Wow! Wow. She started becoming on her own a little bit earlier in that, but she was still kind of part of Destiny's Child. Yeah, there was definitely some overlap from what I can remember between Destiny's Child and like her solo career. Okay, so on to the next question. Her number one all-time smash hit is Single Ladies. How much did it gross? Oh, shoot. I don't know, man. I'm going to go out on a limb and say $300 million. I feel like it's more than that, but whatever. I feel like it's less than that. That's a lot. I'm going to say $50 million. I'm going to play it safe. So you both busted. It's $9.95 million. Dang. I guess I don't have a good sense of how much money music makes. I guess that does make sense because like albums are really, or they used to be the thing that would sell the most. Now I honestly have no idea with streaming. I don't know how much music or how much money music makes. Nerd Bomber tricked me with that. I was like, I'll go with a really small number because what she says is ridiculous. But you, 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 you kind of cranked me up too. All right. I'm still losing. Um, how old is the queen bee? Oh God. I should know this. <sighs> she's um she's 37 years old I, I feel like if i go older than that and she's not that old people will be upset at me so i'm gonna say she's five years old play that low low ball game you should have played the jerk prices right move where you just do pluses one because she is 38 years old wow so i okay so i was really close i mean come on credit where credit is due that was very impressive and considering 2020 is like a lost year, you basically got it. But you can thrive in your 30s, people. T- take take note. Um, okay. It's it's tied now. So when did Beyonce marry Jay-Z? What year? I feel like they've been together. I feel like I saw something recently that they had been together for a decent amount of time, maybe like 15 years. I feel like maybe that's too much or too little. I don't know. I I don't have a lot of good Beyonce knowledge. I'm sorry. Uh, 2005, I'm going to say. Damn it. I think that's exactly right. That's what I was going to guess. Because I think it was right before she left Destiny's Child. I'm going to, I'm going to go earlier just in hopes that you went too too late. And I'm going to, I'm just going to say 1995. Okay. So Nerd Bomber takes this one with 2008 being the actual year. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So last question. Oh, so I got to get this to tie. Please don't. How many... Now, this is the key word. How many songs received platinum records? So, and the reason why I say songs is because one song can receive multiple platinum records. So, it's not going to be doubled or tripled depending on how many times. It's just how many songs received a platinum record at least one. How, how, how many is platinum? Can you tell me that or no? What do you mean? Like, platinum means something. It's like a million copies sold or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, no idea. <laughs> okay, cool. Am I first on this one? I think I am. Yeah, I am. Oh, boy. It's tw- it's 24. One for every hour of the day. I'm going to say one because I feel like that's too high, but I don't actually have a good idea. Okay, so you're the worst. Um, you tied it up. Beyonce she puts out bangers. 31 songs that received platinum yeah. records. I 30 if you exclude a, a song that just featured her. I only did it because you told me not to. For the tiebreaker, how many of those songs were gold? Not of those songs, but how many songs were gold records? Isn't platinum above gold? Yeah, yep. he's saying how many were only gold? 
not of those. Um, oh, Nerd Bomber, you're first this time because I went first last time. I have no idea. I'm going to say 20. Oh, it's higher than that. It's, thir- it's 30 at least. So Nerd Bomber wins. It's 22 oh, gold. Come on. Because she only makes fire. That's why there's more platinums. Well, my apologies to all the Beyonce fans who I know, which is actually quite a few who are listening. The streak continues. I've not won a quiz in, in a hot minute now, um, but my time will come. Should we start you with like a handicap next week? <laughs> I don't look. I almost got it. I tied it up for the. T- I I t- pushed us to the tiebreaker. It's not. It's not an embarrassment. Not yet, anyways. Uh, but we'll see what next week holds for the quiz and for the episode. And for right now, we want to thank all of you for listening. For those that have listened for the first time, for those that have listened for the hundredth time, your listens matter to us. And we thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed listening, or even if you didn't, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Until next week, we will keep on keeping on, and we encourage you to do the same. Have a great week. See you next week. Bye.